When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Game 2 of the NBA Finals about to tip off. We'll keep you updated on that one. Phoenix and Milwaukee, uh, bottom of the hour at the Expo Center. Canadian elite basketball action. The defending champion Edmonton Stingers will be taking on the Saskatchewan Rattlers. Blue Jays rained out in Baltimore. From the Edmonton Elks today, offensive lineman Colin Kelly out at least three months. He's going to need surgery. He'll have it tomorrow to repair a torn pectoral muscle. And just a shocker out of Saskatchewan, four players today suffering torn Achilles in uh, non-contact training, getting ready for training camp. Larry Dean, who was uh, an Edmonton football team member a couple of years ago. Larry Dean, Nelson LaCombo, Freddie Bishop, and Jonathan Femi Cole all out for the season. Four players in one day before training camp even starts. That's a shocker for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You can get in touch by following on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. You can text 780-496-0063 as right now we go to the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional grade building materials. My goodness, what a treat to have this gentleman on the show. It's Oilers play-by-play voice Jack Michaels. Good evening, Jack. Uh, now, Reed, I have to ask you, are you, you're still at home base right now. You're not at the mothership just yet. No, I'm in my basement. Oh, okay. Where some oh, would wow. say I belong. You're really living up to the stereotype, huh? Yeah, well, it's not my parents' basement. It's my basement. <laughs> so let's, let's clarify here. I own a house. I, I do, I do have my own residence. Well, so you guys they, have a just compound. to clarify, it should be noted. You have. I, a, you I have live nearby. I live compound. close to my parents. I do not live in my parents' house. Let's make that distinction. You've got. So I'm in compound. my own basement. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> how are things with you, buddy? How how your son must be like shooting six under par by now. You know he's uh, he's played tournament play the last couple days and he's uh, he's been struggling a little bit uh, just on some new courses. He was out in uh, Entwistle today playing Trestle Creek. Uh, oh, nice! And shot and shot eighty five. But uh, you know what? A, a, the first few tournaments of the year, Reed, as you know, you got to you got to dust off the competitive rust. So I'm sure he'll be uh, I'm sure he'll be back on his game here soon. But yeah, no, he's. He's played really well this this summer, and that McLennan Ross tour is awesome for the kids. So, how many events does he play? Uh, well, last year, you know, he's got a reputation as injury prone because, of course, he broke his finger in baseball, and so his his first season on tour was cut short. wasn't able to make his scheduled appearance in the tour championship. But uh, you know, this year, despite the reputation of of being a little fragile, he's remained healthy to this point in the season two tournaments in but no he'll probably play 10 to 12 i'd like to get out to trestle creek again i played there well it's probably been four years since i played there like you said will, it's uh it's, it it's near we've got some friends out there they even like you oh, good. if you believe that 
Well, if they're from the Evansburg area, maybe I, maybe they're grads of Grand Trunk High School like I am. But yeah, Trestle Creek is, uh, like you said, near Entwistle, which and Entwistle is just across the river. They're, they're almost twin towns. They're separated by the Pemina River. But yeah, Trestle Creek is, is nice. And I think we have them coming up on Talk to the Experts this weekend. So that's pretty cool. That's that's good to hear that uh, Tyler's golf. And, and I assume your golf game is at its usual level. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I <laughs> we'll think, just leave uh, it at that. <laughs> I, think, I think when you talk about, I thought, I, I think when you talk about guys who play a lot who play poorly, I'm probably at the top of that list. All right. Well, uh, I know you're working on some grip changes, so you're getting through that, and I'm sure you'll be uh, very good in a few weeks. I'm trying to pump you up here, Jack, and give you some confidence. I don't know if it's working or not. <laughs> you know what, Reed? I I admire your patience when you play golf with me. As a, as a seasoned veteran yourself, who keeps the ball relatively straight. I, I you show a lot of compassion for your for your struggling compadre. Well, I struggle enough, so I know how it feels. So I got to do that. Uh, so, so you've been busy, obviously, uh, with, with the family uh, and uh, and sports and stuff, and in your own golfing. I, I know you watched. Uh, did, did you have time to watch last night? Did you have time to see Tampa close? And also that fourth game, which the only one Montreal, maybe overall the best, the most exciting game of the series was the fourth game. But then Tampa finished it off yesterday. Yeah, you know, no real surprises, Reed. I, 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 you notice, by the way, that all of a sudden, after usually waiting for us to pick and then deciding what he wanted to do, all of a sudden when it came to Tampa, Montreal, uh, all of a sudden our colleague Bob Stoffer was picking first. And, and I think maybe the two of us might have gone Tampa in five had we had that first selection. But that's the kind of series we anticipated it'd be. And for once in pro sports, it kind of turned out that way. Tampa was the superior hockey club depth across the board and not just to Montreal, but you know, anyone they would have played and they are, you know, they're worthy champions, Reed. I mean, we're talking about a club who was in the 15 final, who was in the conference finals in 17 and 18. The one year they've missed it under John Cooper, they missed it by one point. That was the year they were banged up, and I believe they won 20 of their last 26 and missed it by a point. You know, they've been very good for a long time. I mean, it's been, you know, seven seasons now where they've been in the hunt. And that's ultimately, you know, to bring it back to Edmonton focused, that's ultimately where the Oilers have to be. They've got to be in a position, and Ken Holland has talked about this, where they get five, six, seven cracks at it. Because it's the rare bird that, that wins it on its first go. And all you have to do is take a look at the last three champs. The Washington Capitals, uh, obviously the St. Louis Blues for so many years, and, and most recently the Tampa Bay Lightning, who'd been sniffing around for quite a bit under John Cooper. So those three teams needed multiple chances. And you could make the argument, even the Penguins, in, in 16, they were seven years removed from a championship. And they'd been, you know, knocked out in the conference finals in 13, you know, knocked out in, in, in two, you know, knocked out in 2011. I mean, they had, they had looks at it that they didn't cash in. So uh, look, it, it, it's, it's a process for Edmonton, but ultimately I think when you start looking at the recent champions, that's what it's going to take. You, you don't, you don't win it on your second and third try. Not very often. 
you, you need to be in the hunt consistently, and that's where I think the Oilers are, are looking forward to. Jack, I was talking earlier in the show, and I want to get your take on this because I don't know if you and I ever really directly talked about this throughout the season. I mean, we often did talk about the Oilers' depth, needing more scoring up front, a third line, all those kind of things. I'm wondering where you are at, and I'll give you the context of this, so forgive me if I'm a little long-winded setting it up, but I will cede the floor to you once I tee this up for you. As you know, I I stuck with the Islanders every round this year. I kept picking them. They took Tampa to seven, and I looked at how they played. Yeah, they have some stars, but they don't have any superstars. But they played with energy, and they put the puck in the right place almost all the time, and they didn't beat themselves. And I, I looked at them, and I thought, that is a smart hockey team with a lot of savvy and a lot of hockey IQ. And I want to clarify, I'm not saying the Oilers are, are a dumb hockey team, but I think there's another level they need to get to with that savvy and with that hockey IQ, maybe to manage the game and know when they need to punt, like like Todd McClellan, the former coach here, used to say. So I'll just kind of set you up with that and see if it's an avenue you want to explore, or you can tell me if I'm totally barking up the wrong tree. Well, for once, Reed, I, I think you're on to something here. And, and, and to kind of illustrate your point, remember the Islanders were without their best player, Anders Lee. I mean, they, they didn't have him for the entirety of the postseason. And, uh, you know, I think on most days I would I would consider him their best player. Uh, you know, obviously their captain, I, I mean, you know, he he's a huge loss. And that's ultimately, I think, to tie into your point a little bit about, you know, managing the game, managing your personnel, that's ultimately where the Oilers need to get to. Uh, in the sense that I, I think most fans and even most Oiler partisans would be thinking, well, if they lost their captain and their best player, Connor McDavid, they'd have no shot. And and kind of to go back to your point, well, the Islanders lost their best player and they went to game seven of the conference finals. So against, you know, against a formidable opponent. I mean, Tampa Bay is not a cheese champion. I mean, they are right. – they are <laughs> – I would suggest you read that they're every bit as good as the Hawks were, uh, you know, in, in their in their run from 2009 to 2015. I believe the Lightning run from 15 to 21 it, it is equally impressive. I, I really believe that. I know Chicago's got the three cups, but Tampa's been to two game sevens in a conference final, you know, as well during that standpoint, I, you know, and they absorb some lessons. And, and and this will, again, lead me into where the Oilers are going. Uh, you know, ultimately, you have to hope that Edmonton uh, receives the message and somehow finds a way to learn from the experience they endured this year against Winnipeg in future postseason series. Because I think it's safe to say that with all their individual talent, guys like McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nurse are now in a position where they're ultimately going to measure their careers by how many postseason games they win year in, year out. And that that's I think the individual stuff, by and large, has been proven. Uh, now it's time to take that next step and, and buy into the collective. And that's where the Islanders and, and your salient point about where they're at as a hockey club in terms of managing not only individual games, but the personnel available at their disposal, uh, that comes with a certain maturation. And that's where the Oilers ultimately hope they're headed. All right. 
Jack, always a pleasure. I'll close with one more. I'm not sure if this will be a fun one for you or will just irritate you. Well, well so either far, way, I'll be so injured. So far, I've been thoroughly irritated with the subtext <laughs> of this conversation, so I hope you have that's, something pleasant for me. That's how I like it. With the uh, NHL season done, and of course, you know, we're going to have our draft coverage and free agency coverage, but for the short term here, uh, what is of more interest to Jack Michaels, the sports fan, the NBA finals or the Euro championship game, England and Italy on the weekend? This is actually going to surprise you a little bit. I, I honestly can't remember being more disengaged uh, from the NBA than I am right now. I, maybe the San Antonio Nets final in 2000, I think that was 2003, uh, that I, I just have zero interest in the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks. I, there's just not much appeal there for me. And I know Giannis is a hell of a player. For whatever reason, I'm just not into it. And this is going to surprise you even more. I will grudgingly concede this has been a fairly entertaining uh, soccer tournament. I've actually watched portions of of some games, which for me is like, you know, cranking out seven seasons of Breaking Bad in eight nights. I mean, I, I don't watch even, you know, one minute, let alone eight minutes here, seven minutes there, a penalty kick situation the other day. I've watched that, you know, and it's been a compelling tournament. And I think England, Italy, I don't know much about soccer, but I know those two nations meeting in a major final is exactly what this sport needs for the masses and i'm in the masses when it comes to that yeah i've actually watched more of this tournament than than probably i usually would though i do like watching the international events and part of that uh, i mean as you know jack uh, my mom is uh ukrainian you know her parents were, were born in ukraine and you know my dad's side of the family with roots going back to england and those two teams played each other and there and there have been some exciting games and and great plays and now england playing at home again to to win the championship is yet another storyline on top of the fact that you're right it's two you know long-standing european powers that are going to face each other hey man i appreciate you checking in uh, i know you're probably busy <laughs> doing, well, doing really everything else choice. you asked me i didn't really check well, in as much you could say no it's old into making an appearance today <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well, well we'll have you on this time next week how's that sound well if i agree to it all well maybe it might happen <laughs> there we go see you buddy thank you jack that is the uh, always engaging jack michaels joining us here on inside sports he seriously does like coming on the show right doesn't he <laughs> i think he does uh well we're going to talk a little bit more about the european final uh, we got we got a big English fan coming up between 7.30 and 8, so that'll be a lot of fun. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. We're back after the break. certainty hotline we have fred standing by hey fred thanks for calling hey reed how's it going tonight oh my oh, goodness it's, it's you fred, fred. Yeah. Doing well well what other fred would there be uh, i think we have another fred that occasionally calls in but i'm happy to hear from you <laughs> 
Hey, uh, Tampa Bay, nobody in this league was even close to them this year. Unbelievable how well-built that team is. And you know what team is going to surprise a lot of people in the future? Detroit Ooh. Red Wings. They got 49 Oh, maybe. I, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, I didn't even see them play this year. Well, they got uh, $49 million in cap space, multiple first and second round draft picks. So Ardemy knows what he's doing there. This goes to show you how far most teams in this league have to go to get a Stanley Cup because I know Tampa Bay's going to lose a few players, but uh, they got a lot of good players coming up. And congratulations. Now, if you're Ken Holland and you see all these uh, UFAs coming out of Tampa Bay, wouldn't you be on the phone trying to get at least one or two of them? Well, we'll see. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a look at uh, at Blake Coleman, maybe, you know, maybe uh, Alex Kalorn. I think you'd have to make a trade there. I think there's a lot of speculation Tyler Johnson is going to be the guy that goes to Seattle. But, yeah, they will be they, they will be losing some players, but I think they'll still be pretty good. I, I, you, you know what somebody else suggested to me today, Fred? What's that? Would Tampa Bay ask Stamkos to waive his no-trade clause? Ooh! Wow! He makes nine. He makes eight and a half million. He has three years left. Five on five. He is certainly not the player he once was. But some team. I'm not suggesting the Oilers, but some team might take him, and then they would clear up some pay, some space to, you know, pay point down the road and and. Sorelli down the road and guys like that. Just something to keep in mind. I mean, Stamkos has his two cups there. I, I don't know. It's possible. How about Tarasenko uh, asking for a trade? The problem with him, that shoulder, um, I don't know. Do you want to risk paying a guy that kind of money? If he's got a wonky shoulder, like he'd be great to have, but not on the Oilers. But if your other teams, wouldn't you shy away just a little bit? Yeah, that's going to be another storyline to watch, too. Hey, Fred, thanks a lot for oh, calling in, more, buddy. One more for yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. Duncan Keith, yes. Yeah, what do you think? Yes. We absolutely you do need it? a guy like that. Yes, yes, and more yes. Uh, he might not be as good as he once was, but he's got three Stanley Cups. He's got a gold medal. Absolutely. Uh, not at the price point, but if we can get him a little bit cheaper, go for it. That's exactly the player we need here. All right. Thank you, Fred. That is Fred, 780-496-0063. The NBA Finals Game 2 is underway. And uh, three minutes left in the first quarter. Bucks leading the Suns 23-20. Also want to let you know Brad Lauer, the head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, has been named one of the coaches for the upcoming U18 Summer Development Camp. Now, this is going to be used to evaluate players uh, to be selected for the roster for the upcoming Holinka Gretzky Cup. However... The players will just be selected. They're not playing in the tournament in the Czech Republic because of the pandemic. Good stuff there for Brad Lauer, who's done a great job with the Oil Kings. We will uh, we will dive in to the Euro tournament with a very passionate fan. This is going to be fun when we get back. Samuel Hager coming back from breaks. 
It's a good song. Let Sally drive. NBA Finals Game 2. Now after the first quarter, Bucks leading the Suns 29-26. Phoenix up 1-0 in the best of seven series. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. There was uh, some sad news from the uh, CFL today. Michael Souls passing away at the age of 54 after having uh, ALS for the last 15 years. Drafted by Edmonton back in 1989. Also played for the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, uh, a lot of tributes uh, pouring in from him, uh, some from his teammates in the Canadian Football League, former teammates in the CFL, also a lot of people from uh, McGill University where he went and played football as well. He is going to be missed. From the uh, Elks today, Colin Kelly, out three to five months. He tore a pectoral muscle while training today. He's going to have surgery tomorrow. I guess it didn't say he, he uh, tore it today, but it was announced today. He'll have surgery tomorrow. And four members of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders suffered torn Achilles today in training, getting ready for training camp. Larry Dean, Nelson Lacombo, Freddie Bishop, Jonathan Femi Cole. Shocking news for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We had Jack Michaels on the show and uh, he's been watching some Euro. I've been watching quite a bit of Euro, actually. It's it's good for me. It's on during the day. I don't uh, have to go to Oilers practice. If I golf, it's on after I golf for most of the, most of it. And uh, it sounds like this gentleman is pretty engaged with the tournament. So we're going to get some cool local perspective on Euro from Matt Thomas, who is the manager of coach education for Alberta soccer. Matt, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Matt, I got to ask you, have you, because uh, Brennan Clack is producing the show for me this week, and he he lines you up. Have you been on with me before? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I've been in Alberta around 13 years now, so there, there might be a good chance, but yeah. Okay. Now, where did you live before you came to Alberta? Um, uh, sunny England. I'm uh, born and bred uh, English. So, uh, yeah, that's where I was before I came to Alberta. Okay, so we've established why we're having you on the show. <laughs> Are you able to think about anything else besides Sunday's final? <laughs> no, no chance, no chance. This is, uh, yeah, this is this has been on the heart still pounding from uh, the last week, should I say? So uh, it's exciting, you know. Tell me about watching the semifinal with uh, England taking on Denmark. I mean, Denmark scored first. England ties it up. It goes to extra time. And I know you're also working. So, like, were you able to sit and digest the game? How did you experience it? It was hard. It was hard. I was actually in a meeting. And and even though I was listening to people in the meeting, my mind was at the game. And then when I heard we got the penalty, you know, Yeah. Hey, Matt, I think we just lost you. Kellen, let's see if we can reestablish with Matt. We, I don't know what happened there. We'll get Matt uh, back on the show. Matt's with Alberta Soccer, lived in Alberta for 13 years, and is from England. So we're, we're getting the uh, firsthand account of a huge uh, English soccer fan. Okay, Matt, we, we lost you there for a second. Uh, so you were in a meeting during the semifinal. You were yes. in a meeting during the semifinal, so tell us how you were able to follow the game and experience the elation of them finally winning. Well, yeah, it's, uh, I had a few friends texting me the, you know, bit by bit what was going on. Um, had this, you know, the TV on as well as well as being in a meeting, and it it was just crazy because you're you're actually talking to someone, but you're you know I shouldn't say it, but you're you're not listening because your mind's focused on the game, and 
you know, the history riding on it, right? We've never got to this stage. So it's just so much, um, so much going on and just being proud of the moment as well, you know? All right. So I, I assume if you didn't get to see it live, you've seen it since. The the penalty that led to Harry Kane's goal, he was actually stopped on the penalty, put in the rebound. There's some debate. Now, I don't know how hard it is for you to look at this objectively. Was that a proper call? Did England deserve a penalty kick off that infraction? Um. Yeah, why not? Why not? They've, they've been given for other teams, you know? <laughs> so why not, you know? Um, yeah, it, it's obviously more of a talking point now because of the stage of the competition we're at. But, you know, if, if this was the earlier rounds, would it be a, talk, a talking moment as much? I don't know. But um, definitely, you know, we... We uh, we uh, drew some rub of the green, as we would say in England. You know, it's been many years, so yeah. Okay, so tell me a little bit about being an English soccer fan, because they're always high-ranked. They're always expected to do well in tournaments. The only big one they've won was the World Cup in 1966, which, hey, is still more World Cup titles than a lot of countries have won, but they're not yeah. England. Uh, what's it What's it been like? Like, Has it been like a history of disappointment being an English soccer fan, or how would you sum it up? Definitely. Um, not win- yeah, this, was, this is why this was so huge for us, because, you know, your mentality is like, you know, we're going to go out and give it our all, but, you know, we're not going to go past get over this hump that we've we've finally got over um but it's been hard especially if you know for an english an english guy you're living in a different you know a, a adopted country um canada and, and it's great but it's like oh yeah england plays soccer but you never actually get anywhere you're good you know you're entertaining but you never actually win anything or get anywhere so it's finally it's great to be here and be like hey we've got a you know, 66, and now we're in the final of a year or so. Um, that's, uh, it's a different, a different feeling, which I can't really put into words. It's just amazing. Well, what would it mean to the country to win this one? It will be nuts, like crazy. It's, um, yeah, I was saying this the other day. It's a pity that I can't be back in England because I just can imagine. Um, but I'm hoping we represent the, you know, in Canada here with, with, um, if we do win, um, which would be amazing. So it, it'd just be, it'd be huge. And again, it will send a signal out that keep persevering. Um, you know, no matter how long it takes, you can always, you can always get to that finish line. And that's one of the biggest things that uh, England getting to the final, never mind winning it, um, has, uh, has, has given us all that hope, right? So why has this English team been successful whereas other teams haven't been able to make it this far in big tournaments? Um, there's a, a variety of things. I think the personnel, um, definitely not to say we haven't had great peop- uh, great players, um, but I think the, the players who are in their day-to-day environments with the coaches and players that they're around, when you bring those individual players together um, to make the squad that we do have now, there's a lot of experience um that's in that you know that's in this this group so when you know back in the day you know crunch time we'd we'd, we'd falter we'd lay down um whether you know this time i felt like we'd you know mentally we were strong because even when we went down the goal in the past that would have been it for us but you know we we kept grinding away and it wasn't always pretty but just the fact that we've got the mental um the mentalness toughness which is there now with this group and, you know, I'll say as well, they're a young bunch of players as well. So it's exciting not only 
for this Sunday coming up, but the future to come as well. Matt Thomas joining us on Inside Sports. English soccer fan, as he's telling me, he's lived in Alberta for 13 years, but lived in England before that. He's also uh, with Alberta Soccer. A, a couple more for you here. So you, you know, you've, you've, you're now an Albertan, but you have yeah. this long history, you know, from being from England, and obviously yeah. soccer is your your love. Yeah. What's the? Th- but now Canadian, like soccer, is not the number one sport in Canada. And fans complain about they don't understand offside, that the games are too low scoring, that the net's too big, that players dive and roll around. <laughs> what's what what's the what complaint about soccer annoys you the most and you wish Canadians would just stop complaining about? Um Yeah, uh, there there'd be a few. Either the diving or the fighting. There's no fighting in soccer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but don't, so I get that but a lot. So, why can't they go around and punch people i'm like no we can't do that you know but the, but there are times matt and you know i mean I, when i had jack on the last hour i mean my mom is ukrainian so she watched some ukraine matches and she even yeah. said like why are the ukrainian players rolling around like get up and yeah. get back in the play like that must annoy you sometimes matt oh it is it is if there's one thing that's crept into the game over maybe the last seven eight years it's the diving um it's it's pathetic it's it's uh unethical i get it and i get what you know it's sort of one team's trying to get the, the upper hand over the other but i just think you know when you're looking at grown adults rolling around like you know um a tornado come and hit them it's, it's just very uh yeah you know it's very disheartening but hey i guess it makes for good entertainment as well I want to ask about your role with Alberta soccer. You're the manager of coach education. The uh, Canadian national team on the men's side, you know, looks better than ever. Edmonton looks like it's going to get to host some games in the 2026 World Cup. I know some things to, need to be nailed down, but tell us a little bit about your role with Alberta soccer and what you've seen in the province since you moved here. Yeah, so my current role is manager of coach education with Alberta soccer. So we deal with everything from... Um, the grassroots, um, grassroots to um, the commu- like grassroots to the advanced licensing um, within uh, the province, and then obviously that reflects um, with Canada soccer as well. Um, but my role is mainly just to support coaches, um, whether you're new to it, whether you've been doing it a while. Me and the team and the association, our role is just to p- promote, carry on promoting, but. Um, support coaches along their journey coaching kids um, and whether it's kids or even getting into adults um, just supporting coaches because um, you know that's the biggest thing is uh, it can be daunting getting on the field and not knowing what to do with kids or even adults um, if you have 11 or 22 of them so that's mainly our role uh, well my role should I say so yeah and it's been great um, Alberta um, it's an amazing place I, I, I'll be honest I've, I've loved it I've adopted it as my home. My kids were born here, um, and I do look look on it as home. And it's a great, um, I you know, I call it football, but I know pe- people call it soccer here. It's a great soccer community um, throughout the whole province. And with the World Cup coming as well, it's um, it's just going to take us to another high, um, just like the women's game did, the women's World Cup in 2015. 
All right, and finally, where are you going to watch the game on Sunday, if you don't mind sharing? Like, can you watch in a group of people? Do you need to be alone? Can you tell me? No, no, we're watching it uh, watching it with a, a bunch of people from the moment that the, the anthem is sung. We'll be standing up and singing that, and then right through to whenever that game ends. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be um, somewhere downtown in Calgary for sure. Definitely. Okay, yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Matt, thanks for checking in. Thanks for sharing your experience and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday. Thank you for having me. As Matt Thomas checking in, manager of coach education with Alberta Soccer and uh, grew up in England, as he told you. So he's, he's had trouble describing how it would feel, what it would be like if England is able to win Euro on Sunday. That'll be fun. Uh, we got Gene Principe cheering for Italy. Pretty sure Fernando Pisani's cheering for Italy. So people on both sides here in Edmonton and in Alberta. It is 747. We'll call a quick timeout inside sports on Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. They have tipped off at the Expo Center just two and a half minutes into the first quarter. Edmonton Stingers leading the Saskatchewan Rattlers 4-0 Canadian Elite Basketball action. NBA, uh, pardon me, NBA Finals Game 2. Halfway through the second quarter, Suns at home and with a 1-0 series lead, leading the Milwaukee Bucks 39-37. Okay. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Been a fun show. Had Jack Michaels on. Kelly Rudy was on. Matt Thomas was just on. English soccer fan already for the Euro final. England against Italy on Sunday. I um, Soccer is not my favorite sport. It is certainly the number one sport in the world. I enjoy watching the big tournaments. The games, you know, they do go by relatively quickly. I, I'm a typical North American. I, I wish there were more scoring chances uh, I hate when a guy is offside because his arm was beyond the defender when the ball was kicked to him and negates a nice play or a scoring chance. But, the, you know, that's the sport. It's supposed to be hard to score. But what? But there are a lot of nice plays I enjoy. I, I enjoy the international rivalries and the chance and that you have in, in Euro all these soccer powers going head-to-head and it's a very hard tournament to win. And one thing I enjoy are the commentators. The, the English commentators, because they they are able to seize the moment and they lend such a sense of importance to really, well, anything. And I think sometimes it's overstated, but it pulls you in. One, one thing I find, like every goal that's scored in the tournament, it's described as if it is the greatest thing that has ever happened to that nation. And that it's going to propel this nation to greatness. And hey, maybe in some cases that's true. England scores an extra time like Harry Kane did the other way. Okay, I guess you got to be all over that. But sometimes a team will score 10 minutes into the game and the commentator will say something like, and Poland has struck. Will this be enough to propel them into the round of 16? That long line. I'm like, the game is 10 minutes old, and you're making it sound like that's the... Well, I guess it could be one nothing, but they make it sound like that's going to be the, the game winner. But I think it would be cool if we had the British soccer commentators 
describing our everyday lives. I mean, imagine how much more exciting it would be. You know? And Maria has misplaced her keys. Could it be under the cushion? Nothing there. But now her son, her son has the keys. Little Theodore bringing forth the keys. She shall be able to drive to work after all. Maria. Like, that'd be amazing. These little mundane moments in your life described by these British soccer commentators. Perhaps the most epic moment of a son assisting his mother in humanity's great history. Young Theodore coming through for Maria. That's what we all need. We need to hire a British soccer commentator to narrate our lives. And then we're all going to feel better about ourselves and be more excited. It'll just add so much spice. Kellen, we need a British soccer commentator to, to help with name the animal. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> we got to look into that. That's another idea we're going to patent. We got the slaw. We got the, uh, the uh, holographic, the hologram, the hologram Christmas tree. Wasn't there something else, some other idea? We're so full of ideas. We're full of something on this show anyway, Kellen. Yeah, I know. We came amazing. up with something like a week or two ago. I can't remember what yeah, it is. Now. I guess we didn't write it down. We have to start writing it down. Okay. Uh, are we done? We're done. There's we the music for the end of the show. Stoffer has orders now from noon to two tomorrow. I'll assume he'll get up to some sort of nonsense. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. He is off this week, gearing up for Elks training camp. So Brendan Clack chipping in with producing duties this week. And of course, Kellen Kennedy. Kellen Kennedy, studio producer, one of the all time greats. I'm just going to throw that guy in every now and then. I think that'll be fun. Do My it. name's Reed. Have a great night. See ya. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.